0: Hello, I'm Hazel. Welcome to the Porty Podcast. Today, let me take you on a little tour of Portobello Market, where I found some of my favourite things, chocolate, games, granola, and there's even a limerick to look forward to. But my first stop was the Honey Stall, where I spoke with Gino. Hello, hi. So it's lovely to meet you. Nice to meet you. I'm really looking forward to finding out
1: about your honey. Wonderful. <laughs> so, as you know, honey is just one of those most magnificent food items, it's got so many wonderful health benefits and it's so tasty and here in Scotland we're just blessed by having so many different types of plants, trees and forage in which the bees can collect wonderful nectars and pollens and all other good stuff to support us and to support the environment. There's a variety here so there's hives from Granton and this honey is just wonderful. It's full of nectar from lime trees, phacelia, borage, it has raspberry, blackberry, it's a really complex palette of different citrus flavours. And we've also got East Lothian honey from Long Nidri, which is mainly canola or oilseed rape. That's very sweet, it's got an ice cream texture, and it's, it's also got a little fruity aftertaste, which comes from wild cherry trees. We've also got heather honey. And this is from Lauder in the Scottish Borders. It's very creamy, it's not your normal heather honey, which is really gloopy. Heather honey is the premium honey of Scotland. It is high in antioxidants. It's also high in the element manganese.
0: What would you do with this jar of bee pollen? Like, do I sprinkle it on toast, or...?
1: So, for bee pollen, it hasn't got a sweet flavour the little balls are collected by the bees themselves and made by the bees themselves you just shake those little balls into cereal or porridge greek yogurt hummus anything kind of like that your tahini and then it just gives that edge the flavor bee pollen is high in vitamins and minerals and it's actually one of the highest density foods that contain protein it's really good for you how well, do you get it off the bees so what you do is you put a screen on the hive for a couple of hours And that screen will knock off the little pollen balls from the bees as they return to the hive. And then you collect it and you take the screen off so you don't starve them with pollen. It's really important for the queen.
0: Okay, and you were going to tell me about
1: the propolis? Propolis is actually tree resin. Bees are very fussy and they go to some trees, so white poplar is one of their favourites. And they will collect the resin from that tree. They will bring it into the hive and they will spread it all over the hive. And it is a sort of red, waxy material. It's been shown to be antibacterial, antifungal, and also antiviral for some viruses. Propolis is the reason why 50,000 bees can be in a small box and don't get ill.
0: Do we have hives in Portobello?
1: You do. And some of those hives in Portobello have been known to produce very high-quality honey that is, again, been shown to be more antibacterial than your average honey. Why? From two, three years ago. Because one of the wonderful things about Scotland, and in particular Edinburgh and Portobello, is it's very green. What bees need to be strong is lots of diversity. They need hundreds of different types of plants to support them. If you just have one or two different plants, then when those plants are not producing nectar or not producing pollen, then the bees have nothing to eat. The more variety, it's like a balanced diet in humans. If you have a balanced diet with lots of different types of foods, then you will get all the amino acids, the vitamins, and all the minerals that you need to be healthy. It's the same for the bees. The weeds are important, things like nettles, willow herb, and trees are very important. Something like a normal lime tree, which produces copious amounts of beautiful citrus-flavored honey, can take 70 years, by some studies, to start producing nectar.
0: It's a real takeaway for me from this conversation that you're talking about trees. Because I always think of bees and flowers. In Scotland,
1: apart from heather honey, trees are probably the most important source of nectar for bees. Yeah. And if you think about a tree, is an acre of flowers in the air when it blossoms. Whereas you would need a huge amount of physical ground space for the same amount of flowers. That's why trees are so important. And if people want to get into beekeeping... Then what they should do is they should... Get in contact with the Scottish Beekeeping Association, of which I'm a trustee, and our our local club, the Edinburgh Beekeepers Association, and try and get on a beginner's course. And from there, get a mentor. Please don't buy bees. It takes two to three years to really know what you're doing. Help someone with bees and support them. And then you'll
2: learn the whole craft.
3: I'm
4: Pirko.
2: My name is Amory. Together with our brand, Planet A, we're making mostly... Handcraft paper goods and some jewelry as well. The subject is Edinburgh. We have also some games uh, that we make for children and adults. These are
0: really sweet, so, are these little games that people can yes. play. Yes,
2: yeah.
0: yeah. It's all uh, made by us the rules, concept, the design, the illustration, everything. We have four different age levels. One focus of ours is sustainability, so, we try to make games that not just supported by using sustainable materials, but also the topic. For example, this game, it's about animals, and it's from a very young age. What does it mean if a species is endangered and this kind of things?
2: They look beautiful. And we have the wanted game, which is a game of who is who. There is two ways you can play it. With the physical picture that you can help children recognize face feature, like triangle shapes and rounds and squares and so on but you can also more place it like a psychological way, like by imagining what crimes they committed, asking mm-hmm. questions about who are they, who they live with, and so on, assuming who the character is and just, playing that role. Well.
0: Just based on their look. So it's more about how you judge a person about their look. And you can learn a lot about yourself, about your game partners.
2: The last one, which is the most important for us at the moment, is a prototype called bob a game for city lovers meant to be played by couples any couples in any cities so it's a card game with different challenges romantic challenges but also discovery of the city challenges that you play along in the city one by one some are like secret cards some are like shared cards we're starting a kickstarter for this game in about a week or two so this one is like a generic to any city but we also would like to develop different ones specific to some cities like Paris maybe, or London, or Edinburgh. So
0: I could put a link in the podcast notes for the Kickstarter yes. so people who are listening could get that in touch and that would help.
2: Oh, I'm also enjoying these earrings that look like coat hangers. Each of them is really unique, handmade from solid brass. I don't have pierced ears, so. Well, we also have the clip like this, oh, yeah. which are here.
0: I've never seen that before, like a little clip that goes under your ear. Yeah. So like it's rather it's than it's a cuff at the top. Ah, yeah. yes. oh, awesome. Right, thank you so much. Thank I'm gonna you keep much. talking to people. Thank you very much. <laughs>
4: thank. So I'm David, this is Bex and we're Tigerola.
0: What is tigerola.
4: It's a grain-free, high-fiber granola, devoid of any sugars or sweeteners. So it's just the natural sweetness of the tiger nuts that kind of shine through.
0: I don't think I've ever had a tiger nut. Where do they come from? Does it grow on a tree?
4: It's like a bulb of a grassy kind of sedge. So think of it as like a sweet potato, but but tiny. tiny. It's about the size of a chickpea. They grow in Valencia in southern Spain, where they're mainly used in horchata, which is like a plant milk type drink that they have.
0: How on earth did you end up being here at the Portobello market selling these today.
4: To be honest, this is only the second time we've done it. We launched in September, by work offshore, so it's always been a bit of a balancing act trying to get the timings to work out. So this is only the second time that we've actually sold our products to the public. We normally just do it online via social media, Instagram and Facebook.
0: David's an engineer by trade, that's what he does. But his mom's celiac so the whole story behind it is we were just trying to find alternatives that didn't have any gluten in it and that tasted good and i was trying to cut out refined sugar at the time so david's just been potting about in the kitchen for about four years it's taken that long to get to this point can i try the coconut one do you want to try some new foods yeah good boy our kid's favorite one is the berry would you like would you like a little tub of the berry oh yeah that's lovely oh i'll try that down And I managed to catch a quick word with Graham Kitchener, who has been organising the markets with Pedal since they began.
3: I've been running things since late 2012, right up to now. We run 11 markets a year. We don't run in January. Traders tend to be recouping and don't have enough stock after Christmas.
0: What's the special thing about this market?
3: We're trying to make it as sustainable as possible. So, for example... We don't allow traders who just resell, so bringing products in, say, from abroad and reselling. Most traders are manufacturers as well, so they'll bring in raw products, they'll make those goods, and then they'll transport them here to market. We try to keep our traders as local as possible to Edinburgh, so there's less carbon miles as well. You'll have noticed as you're going round, there's quite a lot of traders are aware of the sustainability as well, so organic, you know, low-carbon miles. We have vegan suppliers, providers now. Two years ago, so pre-pandemic, we were around about an average of 20-22 traders, and this month we've got 48. And I think that's partly to do with... People maybe didn't have anywhere else to go over the pandemic, so the numbers here grew, popularity grew, word spread, traders wanted to come, and it's been a knock-on effect, and it's growing month on month.
0: People are telling me they're spending as much as they're making here on each other's products.
3: (laughs) Well, I'll tell you, here's a great example this morning. So there was the coffee machine, Red Rocket. Their grinder had broken down. So Kawa Coffee over there just stepped in to help out. I mean that's the type of camaraderie you see here and everybody gets to know each other.
0: Great, it's a lovely atmosphere today, beautiful sunshine.
3: It's great, yeah. I mean thank goodness climate change and all the rest of it has brought its problems. We've had a lot of very windy months and lots of storms coming in. Just from a safety point of view, you know we can't really run when it winds (laughs) are above a certain mile per hour. Just you know, keep everyone safe. Um, so, yeah, that's been unfortunate to have cancelled two out of the last four. It just makes the next market even more popular, especially when the sun comes out. It's great. And it's a great family gathering as well. I noticed that, you know, we only put a couple of tables and chairs out, but I noticed that every bench around the park, the grassy area, you know, it's, it's full at points. And I
0: can't go without looking at the chocolate over there. There seems to be a quiet moment. Let's go and see.
3: This is my husband set this up got bored during lockdown as a chef to trade and he decided instead of <laughs> making banana loaves and scones and everything, let's try chocolates. So we watched a lot of YouTube, then we started with the lemon and then we grew and grew and we're now here once a month and we're in various other places like Castle Terrace, The Grass Market, Haddington, Stockbridge. It's my husband who makes it and it's in the company's called Coco Mania. So it's Coco Mania with an E in the middle and the name came from our house is always manically busy so we decided right what are we going to call it and it was my daughter she says
0: I think we should call it Coco Mania. So, yeah, and this Thanks. is us. Have so, you had a good day? Lots
3: of people. Yeah, we've had a really good day.
0: And you've got a vegan one.
3: Yeah, we've also got vegan bark. Um, which is just basically the bars but, but the not broken.
0: Not. <laughs> Do you know, I might buy some black cherry and yes, some fruit that's, and nut. That,
3: that's went through. Amazing. Excellent. Thank you very much. Thank you very much.
0: These are mummies. <laughs> Some of you may have spotted Jim's book with 400 limericks about Portobello, including illustrations by a local artist. He's now selling volume two. I asked to hear one.
4: I found a pink bra in the sand and a blue beach towel close at hand. Both were briny. The bra was tiny and wouldn't hold anything grand.
0: Who wrote that one? You did? I did, yeah. You wrote them all?
4: All 400, yeah.
0: Wow. And what's your name?
4: Jim. This symbol, that's an Arabic letter. And the name of the letter is Jim, which is me.
0: So they're just £5? They are. You can get them at the market?
4: You can get them here.
0: Can you get them in another way?
4: The little green van is selling them, and the beach
0: house is selling them. Thank you for joining me at the market today. Were you there? What did you find? Let us know and keep in touch by emailing theportypodcast at gmail.com or finding us on Twitter and Facebook. See you next time.